0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to talk with Jeff Garcia about Rudy Gay, new jazz man. Jeff covers the Spurs, digital journalist for KNS 5 and host of Locked On Sports. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Well, how well Jazz fans are doing depends on how well the team is doing. So I guess really it comes down to how big an impact is Rudy Gay going to have? How much does he have left in the tank? What do you think of the Jazz getting him?
1: Uh, you know, you, I think the Jazz are getting a very uh, productive player that is going to provide some punch off that bench or whatever role he's going to get. You Look at what he did in San Antonio. It wasn't too shabby at all in his time with uh, the Silver and Black. Close to about 12 points per game, 5.6 rebounds. Uh, in his first stint and what I liked about him though was the fact that at least in San Antonio he was willing to adjust his role and I think that's what you're gonna get in Utah. Uh, I'll give you an example. And we came to San Antonio, you know, the Spurs, you know, they were still kinda of up there. They weren't in a complete rebuild yet. You know, it was getting to that point. But when the Kawhi Leonard, you know, debacle happened in San Antonio, you saw Gay transform himself from what was supposed to be, you know, a key player moving forward in the Spurs' push for a playoff run into a mentor. And um, he he embraced it. And he decided to take a backseat to the young guys, but still was able to provide a punch off that bench. He, uh, in the play-in tournament last season, uh, he was the one that led the Spurs in scoring. It wasn't the young guys. It wasn't DeJounte Murray or Jamar DeRozan. It was Rudy Gay. So in a crunch time, very all-or-nothing game like the play-in game was for Memphis, for San Antonio, he's delivered. And I think that's exactly what the uh, Jazz are going to get. A pro, a guy who's been there, done that, who understands that, okay, he's not maybe Sacramento Kings Rudy Gay or Memphis Grizzlies Rudy Gay, but he's still going to provide Utah with offense and defense. He played the five a few times in San Antonio, which is good. Um, You know, he he accepted it in an undersized five, but should that be a need in Utah, he can play it, gentlemen.
2: So what I find interesting, three-point shooting, as you know, has really taken over the league. It's so dominant, and particularly with the Jazz, they've got no problem. In fact, encourage guys to take it. And so he starts off in 2017, 18, 31 years of age. Uh, first year with the Spurs, I think it was. He goes uh, 31% from three. Then the next year he goes 40%. Then the third year he's back down to 33%. And then last Mm -hmm. year he bumps it back up to 38%. That's a wide variance there. It's like every other year he's pretty good. Uh, What do you attribute that to, and is there any concern there?
1: Uh, No, I don't think any concern. I think I attribute that up and down, just simply because of the makeup of the team. You know, it goes from you know, heavy Kawhi Leonard who, when he was with him, you know, uh, and, you know, maybe shots are not going to him, to, okay, you know, we're in this rebuild mode, you know, here's some more shots for you, uh, Rudy Gay, you know, we, we need this, you know, and here you go. And then last season, you know, he was, you know, for the Spurs standards, one of the better shooting uh, three-point shooters for uh, the team. Spurs were dead last, and this is just an attempt, an attempt, just attempts, gentlemen, uh, three-point shots, they were just at last and the Spurs were just, yeah, they were not the greatest one. Nobody was inviting the Spurs to the three-point shootout, I can tell you that much. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I think he fell victim to that. You also look at Popovich. You know, it's, it's funny to see him how he evolves. He literally went not too long ago, maybe about two, three years ago, just to, to hating the three-point shot to now needing it um, and, and admitting it, like, yeah, you know, NBA now is, you know, live and die by that three. And um, and I think also that too had to do with just his role. He was he was he, you know sometimes he was given minutes, but then other times it wasn't because they wanted to give it uh, to the young guys that were going to eventually take the keys for San Antonio as we'll see next season. You go to the fact there was a pandemic season, you know that cut into his shots, and then you know, fast forward to that bubble season, you know out in Orlando, you know again the guy, the young guys were put front and center, and then I think that has a lot to do with his erratic shooting. Uh, just because the Spurs are in flux and it impacted him, so you know, not you know, for what he did in San Antonio, not bad. He, coming off that uh, that Achilles injury that he he suffered, you know, resurrected his career in San Antonio when many thought it was all but done after that devastating injury. And look, he's coming from a system that is well established. There's ties between Utah and San Antonio. There's Quinn Snyder, Popovich, you know, Snyder was the Austin Spurs coach for a long time. He understands that Spurs system. And now Snyder's bringing in a guy who lived it for X amount of seasons in San Antonio, and that's really going to be a nice injection of professionalism, what it takes to be a winning team, uh, and and then some, because Jazz are already a winning team. They're they're great. But now you throw in a guy who who lived, you know, the Popovich last Snyder, you know, know, vibe, uh, you know, that, that, that game plan, I think it's going to bode well for Utah and, I think at the end of the day, next season, people are going to look back and look at that Rudy Gay pickup and say, you know what? That was such a slick pickup by the Jazz.
0: So the problem for the Jazz against the Clippers at the end of the series, they just couldn't stay in front of them. Rudy Gay okay. talked about being able to defend positions. How many, defes- de- de- how many positions can he defend? How many guys can yeah. he stay in front of?
1: I think you go from the... The three to five position, you know, those are probably the best ones. At five, you know, I mean, he's going to be undersized, but again, in San Antonio, he was forced to do it because of the fact that the Spurs simply didn't have that much depth at the five spot. It was just Yaka Purtle. and that was pretty much it because after the LMA, Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, uh, left San Antonio, they became very thin in that department. It was just Pertle. Uh, undersized Drew Eubanks, and an unproven uh, young guy, Lucas Omanich. And that was it. So the Spurs are forced to go to Gay a lot at that position. So he definitely can play it, and he'll you know, defend it to the best of his ability. And, of course, you know, the three and the four spot, you know, is natural. You know, I think he's, he's capable of doing that. You know, look, you're, you, you're learning how to play defense from a defensive-minded coach like Greg Popovich. That is going to translate well into uh, Utah. Pop has taken guys that normally don't have the reputation of being a good defender and made them decent, you know, (laughs) at least decent to get to that level. There's Brent Forbes, you know, not the greatest defender, but in his time in San Antonio, he made them decent. Same thing with DeMar DeRozan, you know, came into San Antonio with not that reputation, but made him a decent defender. So you're going to translate that from the Pop system into the Quinn Snyder system. Uh, Yeah, between the three and the five, I think you're all going to be all right.
2: How much do you think that he's going to be better or fit in well simply because the talent around him yeah. is better than what the Spurs can offer at this time?
1: Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think that's going to be the wild card for uh, Rudy Gay. I think you're going to see him perhaps produce more uh, and be more of an impact player than he was in San Antonio. As I mentioned earlier, San Antonio was, is in transition, and the Spurs you know, used him for that transition, and that was being the mentor. You know, he. Didn't, I'm. I'm pretty sure he didn't come into San Antonio years ago signing with them to think I'm going to be a mentor at the end of my stay here. No, he was to be an impact player, so that is going to revive him. Uh, you know, he's surrounded by you know great players from uh, Donovan Mitchell that drive and kick out. I think going would be great for him. You have a uh, a guy that can still attack the rim. Uh, he, last season in San Antonio wasn't you know too surprising to see him just light up the scoreboard and bring the people off their seats with some highlight dunks and great defensive stops. I, I really believe that culture in Utah of winning and getting to the promised land, that being the last team standing, is going to do well for him. Um, you know, That's the last thing that's missing on his resume. He's been an all-star. He's, got, he's been scoring left and right since he entered the NBA. So that's the last thing on him, and I think that's going to rejuvenate him and make a chase for the uh, NBA uh, title. And, yeah, I mean, what better way to do that than a team like Utah that's ready-made for a deep push into postseason?
0: Jeff Garcia joining us, works for KNS 5 and host of Locked on Spurs, talking about Rudy Gay, who's been in San Antonio for the past uh, four seasons, now moving to the Utah Jazz. Uh, He's moving on a three-year deal. So... If they win a championship or one, no one cares if he's overpaid years two and three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But just kind of based on his career arc, I realized you know, in your mid 30s, father time can catch you at any time. But what'd you think of the length of the deal?
1: Uh, you know, I, I thought it was a little long. I, I thought it'd be at two, a two at max. Uh, but three, going into, well, uh, I guess, quote unquote, his prime, you know, you never know. You know, these players nowadays, technology and medicine extend their primes. But. You, know, you factor in his age, you factor in that he's not that explosive player as we saw pre-injury. And I thought it was a little too long. I think I would have gone with maybe a two plus team option, maybe. I think that would have been the smarter uh, route to go. But, hey, look, you know, you know, worst case scenario, worst worst case scenario, you know, if there's a deal to be made, you have a guy, a veteran uh, that you can move. It sounds like a team-friendly deal as far as, um, Space, you know, they need to break the bank on him, so that's good. And all in all, I think um, I really believe that Rudy Gay with Utah is going to be one of those under-their-radar moves. I really believe that. It, you know, he's going to be surrounded by that, that winning culture, as I mentioned. You know, the, the Quinn Snyder, Popovich there. It's going to be seamless. And I think it'll be money well spent for Utah because last season you saw, sometimes they struggled. And um, whether it be inexperienced or just young, you know, what have you. But you pair him there with Mitchell, you pair him there with Gobert. Now Gobert has a legit 3-4 guy he can just go to, an athletic one, at least at his age, quote-unquote, you know, at 30-plus, that can really help him in the paint offensively. So all in all, good move by Utah. Deal was a little too long, but
2: I, I think it'll pan out. One of the uh, asp- aspects of Quint Snyder's offense, you know, we talked about the three and shooting it, but the ball's got to move and it can't stick. You don't have a lot of individual yeah. dribbling. Mitchell does it to an extent. Jordan Clarkson does it probably more to an extent. But other than that, the ball is constantly moving. How's Gay's ability to anticipate the pass and the ability yeah. to make the pass?
1: Absolutely. I think it's, it's at top notch. You know, you, you look at what he uh, had to deal with in San Antonio. Uh, up and coming guard, Jonte Murray, you know, pinpoint passing to Martin Rosen. You know, he was the leading, uh, facilitator for San Antonio last season. Uh, so you look at that, you know, always, uh, head on a swivel, ready to catch. And he's a pro, you know, he, he's been there, done that. He, he didn't exactly know to anticipate passes, you know, for, uh, out of the passing lanes. And he's going to get that, whether it be from Carson or or Mitchell or Conley. You know, I, I think that will mesh well, and I think the Utah Jazz fans have nothing to worry about when it comes to that aspect of his game. Now, you know, you, you know, again, it could be a product of the fact that the Spurs are simply in transition, but, you know, last season in San Antonio, there was some erratic play. There was, you know, sometimes he looked like, great, you know, he could be the next six-man of the, of the year award winner off coming off that bench for San Antonio, but... At the same time he was also injected into the starting lineup a few times last season for the uh, Spurs. So, you know, that just if it could be, you know, lineup shuffling could attest why he was a little inconsistent at times. But look, you know, despite the fact that Spurs had a lot of young guys and the youth movement is now officially on, even though it was started last season, Spurs fans, um, you know, were at times were crying. Um bad tears because they did not want to see him on the court. They wanted the young guys to get the run, but he got that run last year, so he's not coming in rusty. He's not coming in, you know, barely played any games. He got a good chunk of games under his belt last season despite the fact that the Spurs were in rebuild mode. So you couple that with the fact that he's likely going to see a spike in minutes, more playing time off that bench for Quinn. Uh, Yeah, I mean, great, great, great signing. I think Jazz fans will be excited for him.
2: So with the Spurs being in full rebuild mode, as you say, and obviously they are, they've got Greg Popovich at 72 years of age, when is he going to step aside and let Becky Hammond be the coach?
1: You know, that is a million-dollar question right now uh, in San Antonio. And pretty much throughout the NBA, you know, what is next for Pop? You know, he just capped off the missing piece to his resume, which is the Olympic gold, so that's a big checkmark. You know, he's done everything you can imagine in the NBA level and even international level. We look at his influence with international coaches. So it's like, what next, Pop? Not many uh, coaches last past 70. Um, I think Jerry Sloan was the last one to really push uh, kind of a 70 push into the 70s before he called it a day. He, you, you look at the franchise history, and sure, losing Kawhi Leonard, losing David Robinson in retirement, and, and, and Timmy, and Manu, and Tony, that hurts. But I think when pop does holiday that is going to be a real big hit to the franchise um because who fills in those shoes do they stay in-house and you know promote becky you know which seems to be the logical choice or did they go out of house out of the family bring somebody in my, my point is, is that there's going to be a big regime change as far as that sideline patrolling is concerned it's starting with the roster I mean, I mean, all signs are pointed they're in a rebuild mode. When you draft Josh Primo at number twelve, when even everybody's mouth and jaw just drop, as why? And well, then you find out because they are in rebuild mode. And you look at Popovich, and you think, you got this, got to be it. Either it's this season or next season. Look, I mean, he, he, you know, he still has left plenty left in the tank physically. I don't know if you all saw the video of Draymond Green shot after they won gold. He was showing Draymond how to lock up defensively. In the hotel, which is yeah. hilarious if you have not seen it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I just think, like, he probably doesn't want to leave the, the Spurs family until he feels it's ready. But with them in full on rebuild youth movement mode, you know, how much more does he have? Does it give it one more year, which would be this upcoming year? Would I be surprised if before the start of the season he announces this is it for him? Or, you know, one more season and we're done or no more. I did my Olympics and, you know, good luck to the next guy or girl. I would not be surprised, but one thing's for sure, they're not going to usher him out we'll, uh, you know, prematurely. They'll go when Pop says he's ready to go. And from the looks of it, it looks like maybe he has one more season in him. But you look at what he said so far, he said that he will leave when Tim Duncan exits. That didn't happen. He said that he will leave when his big three, uh, uh, you know, all retired. That didn't happen. He said that he will leave to honor LaMarcus Aldrich's time with him when he signed with San Antonio. That didn't happen because LMA is be no longer a spur. So you see a pattern here. He's just not ready to let it go and would not be surprised if he comes back and says, yeah, I'm going to give it one more year.
0: Well, Jeff, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the air with us and uh, telling folks about Rudy Gay. Yes, sir. Anytime. Thank you very much. Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs digital journalist for KNS5 and host of Locked on Spurs. I'm glad that they gave
2: Rudy Gay three years. Because? Because that shows an extreme commitment to win now. Because Kevin O'Connor has always said, we can get guys here, probably going to have to overpay them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, not just literally the individual salary, but it's the length of the salary. And so, especially it, for the older guys, he's going yeah. to be 38 at that time. All right, that potentially is problematic. Guys take better care of themselves, and the advancement we were talking about medicine and so forth and training. I mean, it's, a, it's certainly it's the best it's ever been. But asking
0: a 38 year old to stay in front of a 24 or 27 year old who's an elite athlete is a big ask.
2: Right, and it's going to be hard. But what it shows me, what I take from that, what I take from the Conley thing of 70-some million dollars and all this stuff is, yeah, okay, that's expensive, but it's expensive to win. And you can't go safe and be conservative to win. And I think that the boundaries and all the stuff and the ideas and conceptions and perceptions I should say of Utah, I think they're breaking by the day, but they're still there to an extent, no doubt about it. And so what it's going to take, it's going to take some cash probably to get guys to come and they're willing to put the cash out. And yeah, all right. Uh, so three years may be problematic, but we're sitting on a title or two, who gives a flying you know what? <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Well, you've got to be bold. I don't think the overpaying them is ever going to change because I don't think that's purely about compensating people for coming to Utah. Could it be? Sure. Absolutely. In some cases, is it definitely? Sure. But even if everything else is equal to get to your original point about how hard it is to win and how committed you have to be. If you're that committed to winning and you're trying to get Rudy Gay in this instance, but Danny Manning 20 years ago and who knows 20 years from now, if you're trying to get that person and someone else thinks they're the missing link, they're going to overpay by a little bit and you're going to have to overpay by a little bit. So I just think that competitive, it's a bidding. If, if, multiple teams really want you, you're going to get a little more. I told you that a long time ago in radio. When you came in and you got your first job, there was only one person offering you a job, so they could offer you bottom dollar, and they knew it, and they did. You bet your bottom dollar. Right. And you wanted more because, (laughs) well, of course you did. Everybody wants more. Well, I know I'd never be paid to your level. Not true. And I'm still, not you
2: know, true. that's just not going to happen. Not true. Liar, liar. <laughs>
0: Fans on fire.
2: Am I the only dude who to actually took a pay cut to move to Utah?
0: <laughs> Which is a true story. I took a pay cut to move here. Oh, man. You Paycheck blew it. Is why I live in Utah. Yeah, yeah, but when you had leverage, when you had two people bidding for you, suddenly they were willing to pay more. So I think that whole over right. they overpaid. Somebody was always going and, to overpay. And it was if you're a good If you're a good NBA player and multiple teams
2: view you as a missing link, you are going to overpay. Once I it's got to 10 bucks an hour in radio, I thought I had it made. I called up my father. I said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. Not only you better
0: sit down, you better lie down. <laughs> Jesus. You saved the school six hundred grand, $600,000. Wow. All right, DJPK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What is going on with Arizona State football? How many coaches are going to get sidelined here? Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic, will join us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.